Hello, Hooray for Monday listeners. We kicked off Teacher Appreciation Month with a piece about how one of the most effective ways school leaders can show teachers their appreciation is by ensuring that they have access to high-quality professional learning. Today, we're diving deeper into that idea with a special guest. Who's joining us today, Jenna? Today, we hear from Sarah Elwell, the Assistant Director of Professional Learning for the American Federation of Teachers and a longtime friend of Inspired Teaching. Professional learning is in her very title, and I do not think in all my years of doing this work, I have talked with a bigger advocate for this facet of a teacher's work. Yes, Sarah offers several recommendations for how to find quality PD and how to make the case to your administrators for funding it. It struck me in listening to your talk that I could have used these insights, particularly when I was a new teacher, trying to figure out what I really needed to support me in my growth. Agreed. That's one of the things that struck me from our conversation. This emphasis she placed on veterans in the field, sharing with their newer colleagues how they navigate the system to get the professional development they need. You know, the kind that makes you more excited to come back and actually try what you learned in your classroom. As opposed to the kind that bores you to sleep and feels totally disconnected from your practice. Yes, but one of the things I keep thinking about from our conversation is when I ask Sarah about that kind of PD, that kind that gives you nothing of substance. She shared that she's never attended a professional learning session that she didn't get something out of, essentially because she always goes in looking for some way to make it useful to her continued learning. She really emphasizes that this is how we claim power as teachers through constantly seeking ways to grow in our own knowledge. And it's also how we change the school experience for children. Let's hear more. I'm Aletta Margolis, and this is Hooray for Monday, your inspiration and toolkit for the week ahead, taking it to the next level. Hooray for Monday, May 15th, 2023. And now here's Jenna with Sarah Elwell. So my name is Sarah Elwell. I'm the Assistant Director of Professional Learning with the American Federation of Teachers. And I connected with the Center for Inspired Teaching back as part of a curriculum development program that was a partnership between the Center for Inspired Teaching and DC Public School Social Studies Department. Great, wonderful. That was our that was our bliss program. I remember when yes. that started. <laughs> yeah. well, it was building literacy in social studies, right? You got it. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think so. Okay. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And did you you help to write <laughs> in that in that program, right? I helped to what? I'm sorry. Writing curriculum. Yes, yes, with writing curriculum and requested resources from the curriculum developers. So if they requested an activity idea or a research um, piece, then we were on the online looking for, looking for those pieces for the social studies teachers in the cohort. Historically, inspired teaching hasn't been focused on creating curriculum for lots of reasons, because a lot of times teachers don't have the option to do that. They have to work with existing curriculum Mm -hmm. and and creating curriculum can be fraught in a lot of ways. But what I loved about that Bliss program was that it was really an opportunity for teachers to be guided by their curiosity in Mm -hmm. figuring out what they wanted to create. And one of the things we wanted to talk with you about today um, is just the relationship between being a professional, being a teacher and 
tapping into that curiosity and tapping into that ongoing learning, the idea of seeing ourselves as ongoing learners. Um, and so I wanted to know a little bit about your relationship to professional learning when you were in the classroom. So to be frank, professional learning saved me. <laughs> Without professional learning, I would have never become the teacher that I needed to be or the educator that my students needed me to be. Um, so I entered the teaching profession in 2000. So I was woefully unprepared. I had a special major in English and education, but I had not gone through a classic teacher preparation program. Mm -hmm. So I am here to tell you passion is not enough because I had the passion for the profession, the craft and the ideals. I'm also here to tell you that the theory was not enough. I was well equipped with theoretical and content knowledge, but not in the foundational skills or the practical application and pedagogical expertise. So professional learning helped me build those gaps so that I could become a teacher that my students deserved. Uh, I had a mentor that year, so that was a plus. Though the mentorship program was not as targeted and it really was not as robust as what I needed, it helped me make it through that first year. And I just returned from a trip to Jackson, Mississippi this past weekend in which a participant in their teacher leader program, she did a study about like what teachers need for support and to stay in the profession. And the number one factor was not teacher pay. It was mentorship. So I really, yeah, so I was really shocked, you know, because most of the reporting is saying, oh, you know, they really latch on to the incentives piece. But the support piece tracks for me from what I've heard from educators and also what I've seen in the research. Wow, that's really, that's really interesting and has all sorts of implications for how schools think about providing that kind of support for teachers, for sure. In what you shared right there, I'm hearing about how professional development can definitely make you a better teacher for your students. But one of the things that we keep hearing about so much right now is the, the stress and strain that teachers are under. Mm -hmm. And may, maybe what you shared there about coaching and mentorship kind of feeds into this, but how have you seen professional learning enhance job satisfaction for teachers? For this one, um, I actually looked up some, some research online because this is a critical question to consider just in light of the rampant headlines around the fact that we're in an educator retention crisis. This was a predicted reality. I feel like Linda Darling-Ham and she had a report through the Learning Policy Institute back in 2016 that talked about this and, and that this was coming, but definitely the pandemic exacerbated some of the numbers as far as those leaving um, the profession. I think, where is my quote from Learning Forward? Here we go. The stress of teaching, this is from Learning Forward. Um, the stress of teaching in the COVID-19 era has triggered a spike in retirements and resignations. So there is an urgent need to provide the necessary resources to teach and school leaders to help alleviate difficulties and reduce burnout. And professional learning for me is definitely top amongst those supports because this question gets at what precedes teachers leaving. And that's what you said, job satisfaction. Are teachers satisfied? How do they feel like they have efficacy in what they're doing? How do they do they feel as if they are making a difference? And that comes from very strong professional learning supports. So um, I would say that this, this question is so layered 
for me because there are so many pieces that are a part of this puzzle. Um, but part of keeping teachers is that mentorship, the coaching, and this is along a whole continuum of the education career, right? So the supports that you need when you're a new educator are going to be different from those that you need mid-career and even later on in your career. Um, and I know that I'm a testament to that. I see you nodding, Jenna, but I think maybe well, you had some experiences. Yeah, well, I am because I think that that is actually what makes it so difficult for schools to figure out how to solve this puzzle, because mm -hmm. it's so much easier to say, oh, this year we're going to bring in this entity to do professional development for everybody. But in your school, mm -hmm. you are going to have teachers that are along a huge spectrum. And so some are going to sit there and say, oh, this again, I remember this from 15 <laughs> years ago, you know, or, yeah. and then the new teachers are going to say, yes, I'm going to do this to the letter. And then, you you know, mm -hmm. that, that can be difficult. And um, certainly in your work with the AFT, you're looking at that on a, a national level and seeing mm -hmm. How, how people are, are wrestling with that. And one of the things that I think makes conversations about professional learning so challenging is that in my experience, it's very common for us as teachers to roll our eyes because there's so many stories that we can tell about things that fall under the umbrella of professional learning that are not effective, that are mm -hmm. a waste of our time, that basically are where we're we're like some of our students sneaking our phone to check our email because it's just not it doesn't feel meaningful, right? Um, mm -hmm. and so what what advice can you give or what kinds of recommendations do you have for teachers when they're seeking professional learning opportunities that will really help them grow? And I may be an anomaly, but I feel like every professional learning experience that I've had, I find some way to make it meaningful for myself. But that is, I know that is not the case, case for, for all. Um, so being cognizant of that, I think a lot of what is involved in that process of seeking out what opportunities really help you grow, a lot is based on the individual. So what we teach, who we serve, where we are along that continuum that we discuss, new research. Um, so I often look for the content, the reputation of the entity, giving the professional learning, if there are any endorsements or testimonies, um, if it's an established professional organization. I also, quite frankly, look at social media posts as well from teachers that I respect within that professional learning network that is online. So. Um, I also look for what the American Federation of Teachers brought into my life through my um, professional learning experience with them. And that is a research base. <laughs> Definitely have to have that at the core. Uh, that is co-created or facilitated by educators or pr practitioners so that they really are bringing to the forefront their own experiences in the in learning spaces a blend of theory and application, uh, opportunities for reflection, because you know how the school day is, it's going like this. And in professional learning, that offered for me rare occasions where I could truly reflect, adjust, pivot, whatever I needed to do. Um, also embedded collaboration that honors the expertise and experiences in the room. I feel like too often some of those programs that people do like drop in and they're just like, I'm going to give you all this and then I'm out, right? Instead of really lifting up the experiences and, and really the great knowledge that is a resource in the room and facilitating that conversation and, and discourse. And then ultimately the goal of student achievement for me has to be at the center, right? And capacity growing um, and equity centered practices, 
but also like empowerment. I do not think that you can disentangle like teacher empowerment from high quality, transformative professional learning. What does that empowerment look like? So for for me, I could go back into my school from that professional learning and I could advocate for what was best for students. I also felt supremely confident in my knowledge base and pedagogy, which did not mean, I don't think I ever taught something the same twice, but at least I had a strong base so that I knew that I would be effective, but I was always like, how could I take it to that next level to be highly effective, to be a memorable moment for a student who may not even want to be there, right? So how do I make those memorable and transformative experiences for students? Yeah, and that's interesting when you're talking about, I often think about confidence as being yes. something we don't talk about enough in, in, the, in the profession. Like I often find that self-confidence as a teacher makes such a huge difference in what I'm able to do in the classroom. And what I loved about what you just said right there is the idea that that confidence comes from being rooted in knowing that what you are doing is effective and how some of that confidence you, you develop that by knowing that you are, that the people who are teaching you these things, the professional learning is grounded in, in research, is grounded in things that work. Um, and that actually kind of segues into my next question, which was about how teachers make a case for participating in professional development, particularly professional development that costs money to the school or costs their time. They have to be out of the building. And I think for a lot of teachers, especially if you're brand new, advocating for yourself in that way can be a little bit intimidating because you don't necessarily have that confidence um, to begin with. And so I'm wondering, you know, A, how did you get to a place where you realize like, this is important for me, I'm going to advocate for it, I'm going to make it happen for myself. Um, so even speaking from your own personal experience, but also how have you seen teachers effectively do that beyond yourself? So as a new teacher, I had no idea that I could advocate for any professional learning that was outside of what was offered by the school of the district. So that knowledge was not there. So knowledge is power. So having mentors that share that with um, newer teachers and also just newer teachers being tapping into that is really crucial because district schools, communities, families, they're all going to agree that they want the most prepared, <laughs> the best, you know, the most highly qualified, the most invigorated because professional learning can be very invigorating, like you mentioned about the confidence that you have when you come back from really great professional learning. So we want those educators in front of students. That's unite, a uniting concept. Yet securing the funding to attend the professional learning is where, um, as you mentioned, it may seem like an insurmountable challenge. And some educators might say, I don't even want to go through the trouble. But it is so worth it. And most schools and districts have a strategic plan where they have outlined the outcomes that they have as their goals for that year, for the five-year plan, the 10-year plan. So aligning professional goals with those intended outcomes can help an educator make a really compelling case for why they need funding to then attend professional learning that usually if they say they're going to come back and share with the professional learning community that they're a part of, what they've learned, then they can get more buy-in because then the ripple effect is going to be felt not just by their own students, but really in the school community. 
And Learning Forward has tools to advocate for Title IIa funding uh, on a larger scale because that's there for, for professional learning federally. Um, the National Board Program has form letters that can be used for those who want to pursue National Board certification, which is really the epitome of professional excellence in, in our profession. And then at the American Federation of Teachers and probably at organizations like Center for Inspired Teachings, you have liaisons who can help craft those requests um, so that it can be a compelling ask to hopefully get the, the funding that is needed. And then just from what I've seen online, just as I've progressed along the continuum of my profession, I have really valued national communities of practice and international communities of practice. So there's a Facebook group that has grants for scholarships um, and other resources for educators who wanna attend professional learning special programs that pay all those expenses. Um, so the resources are there, but they may not be all streamlined. I think that Facebook group tries its best to do so. Um, and then there are people in the building who have the knowledge and the expertise that they can share with some of the teachers who may not have had practice in requesting or making a formal proposal for a professional learning experience. That's very helpful. And I'm gonna, um, we'll make sure that we can include links to some of those things that you were mm -hmm. describing there so people know about it. When you think back on the range of professional learning experiences that you had, can you describe one that stood out as having a, a particularly transformative experience for you? I actually have had several by this point. The first one that I had was actually a pre-advanced placement curriculum training that was offered through the college board and the curriculum was called springboard. This was way back. This was in my early years of being an English teacher. And it was the first time that I was in a professional learning. And I was like, this is how we teach. Like this follows the sequence in which students are engaged. They learn, they reflect it just, and it had that backwards mapping piece that I always thought was key, but I had not really delved into because I just did what the curriculum map said versus really knowing how the steps of the curriculum lead up to this final um, sort of display of, of knowledge and understanding from, from students. And that was something that I was paid to go to. I didn't necessarily want to go, <laughs> but it ended up being transformative. And since I'm speaking with you, Jenna, from Center for Inspired Teaching, I will say that it was a very unique and important experience to have the professional learning offered by Center for Inspired Teaching in conjunction with curriculum development. It was absolutely different, but necessary. And I don't know many curriculum development projects or programs that link that, hey, we have to have this sort of pedagogical experience in order to create the kind of curriculum that is going to have us take students out of the box. Because I will say it was definitely um, a professional learning that was uncomfortable for me, but I grew so much. And this changed my philosophy on whether or not I should always select the professional learning that I go to. That I'm very happy actually. <laughs> Sometimes if I'm if I 
opt into something where I'm engaged in a professional learning that I may not have selected, but that is going to have me grow because I'm not in my comfort zone anymore. Because otherwise I will fall into fairly settled patterns instead of really pushing myself um, and thus pushing my students and exploring capacities that I would never develop within myself. Links to the resources are in the written version of Hooray for Monday, as well as the notes for this episode. What we're curious about. Each week, a member of the Inspired Teaching community shares something that's piquing their curiosity. Maybe it will spark yours too. This week, we hear more from Sarah Elwell, Assistant Director of Professional Learning for the American Federation of Teachers. I remember being at a conference once, Jenna, and I met a woman who on her business card, she had lead learner. And I feel like that really captures how I feel. <laughs> I feel like I am always learning. I am so curious about so many subjects, like almost everything that I come in contact with, I have questions about, and that questions lead me to want to learn more. But I will say um, with the AFT, some modules that I want to work on in the upcoming year for our professional learning program. So they are ones that I'm, I'm really um, going to have to use a laser focus to delve into are outdoor education, something about like outdoor education, place-based learning, been hearing a lot from educators about the need for more support with executive functioning skills uh, with students. So that's another one um, that has definitely sparked my interest. And then with this um, program that's through an international group, Tata Consulting Agency, it's called Ignite My Future. And they have quite a few activities around computational thinking. And it's sort of like this algorithmic frame to look at the world that helps prepare students for not just STEAM learning, but all types of creative and innovative problem solving. So those are some of the pieces I'm really interested in as far as creating professional learning modules. And then um, the organization I mentioned, which is at the forefront of professional learning standards for for um, educators learning forward, they have revised the standards to include a whole slew of equity-centered pieces. And so as I look online, there's a lot about how to um, use professional learning to then uh, help educators with equity-based practices, but not a lot about how to make the professional learning itself steeped in equity learning practices so that it mirrors, ex not exactly, because it's going to be nuanced with andragogy and what adult motivation and, and learning theory, but how do we create that environment in the professional learning? So that's another one that I'm extremely curious about the possibilities and what that will look like. Today's resources come from our Instigator of Thought Challenges a series of bite-sized professional learning modules that you can try out anytime, anywhere. These challenges can be done all by yourself or in community with your colleagues, so you can share notes and learning together. We have a website filled with activities. You'll find the link in our show notes, but here are just a few to give you an idea of what's available. Make praise meaningful. Descriptive feedback orients students toward their learning process. In this challenge, you will track how often you provide generic praise and try some new language for meaningful feedback. Poster analysis. 
The posters we put in our classrooms communicate expectations to students. But what other intentional or unintentional messages do they also send? The goal of this activity is to encourage you to consider these messages and their connection to your goals. Walk the walk. Brain science shows that exercise boosts blood flow to the brain. Your students have to walk the halls of your school several times a day. This challenge invites you to reconsider how you might use those walks to do more than get from place to place. Professional learning. Are you a DC teacher? Today, Monday, May 15th is the deadline to apply for our Summer Institute. This Summer Center for Inspired Teaching invites teachers of all subjects and grade levels at Washington DC schools to an invigorating learning experience grounded in the art of improvisation and the five core elements that lead to an engagement-rich classroom. Join us in person June 27th through 29th to build creative teaching practices using improvisational techniques. Lunch will be provided daily and participants will receive a stipend. After May 15th, you can still submit an application to go on our wait list. Apply via the link in our show notes. Join us this Wednesday, May 17th at 7 p.m. Eastern time for our last online May Institute. As the school year winds to a close, there is joy in the completion, but there is also cause for celebration in the journey. In this institute, participants will explore 10 different year-end activities that range in duration from 10 minutes to several days. Each activity keeps the learning going and makes use of the community you've built over the course of the school year. These standards-based activities are applicable to multiple grade levels and subject areas. Register at the link in our show notes. Looking forward, our June Institute, The Power of Reflection, looking for wide-ranging evidence of learning, takes place online on Monday, June 15th at 3.15 p.m. Eastern Time and Wednesday, June 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. Those summer beckons and with it, the space to breathe and think of something other than instruction for a bit, June is an excellent time to reflect on the year gone by so you can be better prepared for the fall. Your memory of the lessons learned is still fresh. This institute takes a unique approach to that reflection by asking the question, how did I know my students were learning and what other evidence might I have collected? Together, we will celebrate what you and your students accomplished over these many months. And as you evaluate your assessment approaches, we will introduce you to some additional strategies for the future. Register at the link in our show notes. Youth programs. Applications for real world history are open for school year 23-24. All DCPS, charter and independent high school students are invited to apply for this innovative year-long honors level after school course. More information and application links are in the written version. Hooray for Monday is an award-winning weekly publication of Center for Inspired Teaching, an independent nonprofit organization that invests in and supports teachers. Inspired Teaching provides transformative, improvisation-based professional learning for teachers that is 100% engaging intellectually, emotionally, and physically. Our mission is to create radical change in the school experience away from compliance and toward authentic engagement. Thanks for listening.